Then in the background. There he is. Whenever I call, telling your brother. Always something. This is one of my favorite beats ever. Never a dull moment. Hold one on. One of my favorite gotta, beats ever. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring in the special guest. What you been tricking around the town? Glimpse of a fancy clown. Hello. Hello there. Hello. Hi. How are you guys? Great. How are you? Good. Good. Tired. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Let us do the intro real quick and then we'll get the show started. What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of That Mo Show. I am your host, Hitch Montana, with my co-host. Kevin. Hey, appreciate y'all tuning in with us. Music over everything because that's what matters. M-O-E. It is what we talk about all the time. And because we are here talking about music, we have a special guest part of the show with us today. Introduce yourself to the world and let everyone know who you are. My name is Simone Talese, and I'm a singer-songwriter from Oakland, California, but I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia. I got you. From the <laughs> Bay Area to the ATL. Yes. West side. <laughs> from the West side to the South. How are you today once again? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Tired, but good. I got you. Got you. So you are... You are riding the wave of last year's album, Love Hard. You dropped the you dropped a video not too long ago. How has the year been for you? The year has been good. I've really been taking the time to reconnect with my artistry and like do a lot of stuff that I didn't do before. I feel like in the songs that I've written in the past, I would hold back a little bit. But um, I think this is probably like, well, I'm working on a project right now. This is probably the first project where, like, the whole I've been very fearless with how I've been creating it and just doing whatever I want to do. So, just been reconnecting with myself as an artist. Now, when you say fearless, what do you mean? Um, so we have a couple wild songs, some stuff that I would never say. We're talking about fucking up people's bros. Ah. We're talking about we're talking about beating bitches up. Um, just like, you know, it's on the line of vengeance. That's what the tape is about. It's about vengeance. And not that I necessarily want revenge on anyone right now, but just like there was definitely a point in my life where I was on that wave. So. I got you. Okay, okay. So where reality meets art, there goes your music. I see. (laughs) I Got you. I got you. The music be the the reality comes into the form of music, and now everybody gets to hear the girl that got pissed off. Yes, exactly. Somebody else, and it's the got quiet you. girl that got pissed off because I'm pretty quiet oh, and reserved. So I got you. That type the of way. quiet ones. The quiet ones are the ones you always got to be aware of. Those <laughs> are the ones you you got to be most prepared for. That's true. Because the, the the quiet ones are the ones that always, hey, you know, if you're not prepared, if you're not watching out for them, them the ones that are going to sneak attack you. I got you. <laughs> so for those who don't know you, tell everybody how you got started. Where does the musical background start from? So when growing up, I went to this school called St. Leo's back home, and that was a very music musically oriented school like we had spring concerts we had 
recitals, like pretty much any excuse to sing. Like we were singing and I was in the choir when I was younger. So that's how I originally got started. And so that was around six years old. And then I eventually, well, naturally that just led for me to start songwriting at eight. And at that time, it's crazy because I was actually also experimenting with writing short novels. I was a nerd. I was a big nerd. <laughs> Still am. Um, so I would be experimenting with short novels and then, and then poetry is like, hmm, I wonder if I could write a song. And then I tried one day. And was it a good song? I mean, it's up to whoever heard it. Um, my family jokes about it till this day, but yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how it all started. And then also my dad listened to a lot of artists that really shaped the way that I make music now. Like he listened to artists like Amory, he listened to artists like Amel Rowe, one of my favorites, a lot of Brandy, a lot of Erica Badu, a lot of Jill Scott, just a lot of people, <laughs> but, um, yeah and so that's where my musical background pretty much that's how it all started i got you i got you now you come from the bay area you go and now you're in the south the music is totally different sounds have changed quite a bit does that play has any of that played a part on how your sound has adapted now from the time that you've moved to where you are now no, I wouldn't say so. Um, even when I was making music back home, it was never like a Oakland sound, per se. Um, I don't make hypey music, but um, I just, I pretty much move by whatever I get inspired by. Sometimes it's random stuff. Like, one of my revenge songs was actually inspired by Yolanda Adams because of the way, the way she breaks down her songs and the way like she stretches her harmonies and the way that she like completes a song and the way she does the ad libs. Like I was literally listening to her for like at least forty eight hours speak about like you know the creation of making a song and then I went in the studio and I created a song and it came out really great and it's dropping this week actually. Well, okay, oh, turn up. <laughs> Yo, y'all heard it first. There is a new single dropping very, very soon. This week. Yes, this, this week. That July 22nd. Okay. For Are we able to get a name for the single yet? It's called Intentions. All right. All okay. right. Can't hey. wait to hear it. Can't wait to hear it. Thank you. Yes. Shout out to all Simone's fans. Y'all get to hear it first. <laughs> Intentions is dropping for y'all. So let me ask this then. Now that you are in Atlanta, what's the vibe like compared to Oakland? I love Atlanta. I don't think I've ever seen as many Black business owners and homeowners until I got here. That was definitely like a major game changer for me and very inspiring. And I think that kind of, for me, it was very pivotal, pivotal and like, inspiring me to put my best foot forward with music. There's some days where I definitely want to quit, but like, <laughs> I'm gonna keep going. I just be complaining to get through stuff. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Now, let me say this. Listening to your music, I love listening to you. Oh, thank like, you. I, I agree. I we, we, now, we interview a lot of artists, and I will say the vibe that you have 
I could sit back and listen to on a quiet storm when it's storming outside, <laughs> it's heavy rain. You know, if I got a little boo thing, I'm listening to my music. I'm listening to your music with her. You're going to be on a playlist with Marsha Ambrosia and a few other artists that, I mean, I that have that, like, that they have, you have a sound that I would say is just so chill, laid back, and, like, there's some love making to it. There's some good old, like, we gonna get down and dirty to it. it it's it's great. Where does, where does that inspiration come from for you? Well, I know, like, for the past couple years, like, since COVID, a lot of my inspiration has been coming from Kehlani. Huge fan of Kehlani. So, like, she, whenever she drops an album, I just listen to it and I get inspired almost immediately. So... That's usually like where the inspiration comes from. And it's crazy that you say that because I, the the whole, the vibe that I'm doing for this project is completely different. It's still like, I, well, I wouldn't say chill. I wouldn't say chill, but like, in terms of like the soothing melodies, like that's still there, but it's definitely a lot more aggression <laughs> in the songs. Okay. So really there has been a lot that's taken place between Love Hard and and now with the music you're dropping in i would say yes okay okay so let's start from the beginning love hard just dropped last year mm -hmm. love drop with, with love hard dropping take us back to where you were in that process as you were making the album how was that coming about where were you where what what, what space were you in during that time I think when I created Love Heart, I was very much so in like a sad space. Like I just got out of a really long situationship with someone that I like was really in love with. And so like, that's what the whole like project was about. So I was on Lover Girl vibes. And the next project I'm working on is definitely the next phase of Heartbreak, which is Vengeance. So <laughs> okay. yeah, so we're this going is... through the phases. Yeah, so we're, we're storytelling. Yeah, we're storytelling. Okay. now. On the next project, is the lover girl still talking about the situationship, or are we now in a di with somebody else in a different place? This tape isn't really about like a specific situationship. It's more so about multiple. Like it's just pulling from like all the emotions I felt. I mean, there's still like I have like one love song on the project, just one. <laughs> um, most of it is about being fed up, but. I included, I'm including a love song to explain to people, like just to give them a timeline of like how it all started. And then now we're here. I got you, okay. So are we, are we looking at an EP for this one or is this gonna be a full length project? You are looking at an EP for this okay. one. I don't do full length projects anymore because they cost a lot of money and I'm a baddie on a budget, so <laughs> we're definitely, we're cutting it down. We're cutting it down to like six tracks. Got you. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you say that, that the album costs a lot. For those, for, for the avid fan, explain to some of us the, 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 the business side of creating music. Mixing, super expensive. Super, super expensive. Like, well, to get quality mixing, 
I think on my last project for Love Hard, I spent around 3000 on the mixing. I know, right? Yeah. Um, mixing is, mixing is it, gets <laughs> it gets expensive. Yeah, then you include the mastering too. It's just, it's a lot. And then also, you know, I am very into like how I'm presenting myself on Instagram. I like everything to be very like clean, very, I don't know. Like I like solid colors a lot. So like doing all that sometimes could be expensive. Like, especially when you include the getting your hair done, getting your nails done. Well, I don't necessarily have to get my makeup done, but I would prefer to get my makeup done. I could do it myself, but like, I mean, who wants to do that? And also in terms of marketing, marketing could really cost a really, really pretty penny sometimes. So I just, for an album, like I wouldn't want to put like $3,000 into it unless I know, or unless I have a game plan on how to make that back. So I would rather just cut the project short and do like, you know, work it towards more small manageable goals versus just like throwing all my money into yeah. the pot and yeah. wishing on a star. Yeah, it's right. harder. To, it's harder to make the it's harder to make the magic happen when it's coming out of your own pockets. Versus yeah. Having somebody else back you up and then put and bring it to life. Yeah, so, completely understand that. So when you're now that you're in the space of making the next project how do you how do you get into how do you get into the writers in the writer space do you cut everything off like some people they when they when they make a, when they make an ep when they make an album they shut everything down they go into a space where they're isolated and it's just them and the music or are you out and about you're gathering you're gathering life experiences you're putting and the next thing you know when you come home you're writing it down take us through through the life when as you're making your projects well usually for me i write when i am at work work inspires me a lot because i don't want to be there um <laughs> and then also something else that I don't it's it's so weird but when I'm on the toilet like a lot of good lyrics come to me so I'll be write, <laughs> writing a lot of songs on the toilet like, okay I, I, I do the same guilty <laughs> right like that's just where all my thoughts come I think it's that silence right it's just you and nothing else around you it's just quiet and your head is just going your head is just pinging I guess the the idea of hanging off the walls. Is yeah, true. I mean, could be. I don't know what it is, but it's some magic in the toilet. I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> okay, so so we are getting ideas ninety percent of the time on the toilet. I got you. So yeah. for all of those who are listening, when you hear the next project, <laughs> no. Just no. Some of those uh, at least five of those songs were probably written in the toilet. And at some least. of them got flushed down the toilet. <laughs> yeah, some of them. A lot of them. Awesome, awesome. So how old are you? I'm twenty six. Twenty six. 
So a lot of life has now has has happened to you. A lot of life has taken place. I wouldn't say that. I mean, twenty <laughs> six. I guess as much life as a twenty six year old could have. Of course. Uh, 26 years of life, you know, even even though dating has taken place maybe at a later stage in your life, still, you know, life, a lot of life has, has been had for you at this stage. Mm-hmm. When you're making your music, obviously there's a part of it that is tailored to the fans specifically. You're making music for yourself because they're life experiences, but you're also making music that fans are going to relate to. Who is the audience that you're trying to draw in when you're making your music? Black women in their 20s who feel kind of lost. All right. Very specific. Especially mid-20s. Especially, I think that's a time where you feel really lost, especially because I feel like mid-20s is the age where all your friends from college are getting married and having babies. And that's not to say I want to get married and have babies like right now at this moment. Um, I have way too much going on, and I just couldn't put a kid first yet at this point in life. Um, But yeah, so it's really to reach out to women in their mid-20s who feel kind of like they're just floating in life or just getting by. I got you. Is that where you kind of feel you're at right now in life? Yeah, I feel like I'd be all over the place most of the time. Like, I think a month ago, I woke up and I was like, I want to be a model randomly, really random. So I just started modeling. <laughs> like, I just, I feel like me right now, I love music, of course, but I want to do a lot of other things in life. So I'm just going to see if I can juggle it all. Okay. Okay. And it, it's funny, because let me ask you this. If you were to look at yourself if you were to look at 26-year-old you when you were 20, would you think that you would be at this place now in your life? No. No. Where, at 20, where did you expect yourself to be? Rich with money. <laughs> <laughs> Rich with money. That's what, I, that's what I wanted. That's what I expected. I definitely expected to have it all together by 25. Yeah. So, yeah. I kind of think we all do. I kind of think we all do. <laughs> that at, we all have this, like, when we're younger, we have this imaginary expectation that when we get to our mid-20s, oh, we finna blow up. Like, right. We're going to be married. We're going to have kids. We're going to have a big house. We're going to have it all. And then our mid-20s comes, and we're, so not, even, we're not even close. <laughs> So fast. I, it's looking more like 30-ish now, so we'll see. Yeah, I remember I wanted to I wanted to make a million bucks when we four, and we're, uh, we're still on that journey. Yeah, we're okay. Still, we're still going. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to, we're going to have to talk to Simone at year 30, and yes. then talk about the the five the the four year span between then and now are you where you wanted to be <laughs> or, or are we at a different place but awesome so yeah now when you uh when you were saying earlier that like this next project is uh more fearless writing could you walk us through like what it's right to write something and then just be like uh you know maybe I shouldn't say that I shouldn't say this Versus when you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to say it, I don't care. So when I write, I think I actually write in the opposite way than a lot of singers. I kind of have to get the words out first. Like every, I literally write down everything 
that's in my head just to get it all out because I find when I do that then I have more of a clear headspace to actually let the song flow but when I'm first writing song I'm like oh I could do this I could go this way I could go this way I kind of gotta like narrow it down a little bit and so like I'll write a whole bunch of stuff down and then I'll form it into a song and then but in terms of like the fearlessness also I think even though I'm not a millionaire yet at 26 I feel like I've had way more confidence than I did at any other point in my life basically um way more confident so I just feel like even like in the way that I sing in the studio, like I've been belting out some big notes and it's always been there. I've just always been kind of like holding back a little bit, but now like the confidence is like the confidence that wasn't there is like there now. Okay. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of like, that's kind of how things go when you go from your first album you did for the love and now you're on your third project. There's a, there's a, a level of, confidence that comes about now because you've you've crossed that playing field that you're that you were unfamiliar with and now you kind of got your feet in your feet wet you're all in now so mm -hmm. you know kind of what to expect what not to expect even though you're, you're not you're not exactly where you are where you want to be but you have gotten some traction now where i can i i kind of know where i'm going and i kind of know how to move right right cool yeah, you got like your uh, your framework down. When you do like the first songs you ever record, they're kind of just everywhere because you're not like yeah. uh, refined yet. Per se. I think I went through three different sounds <laughs> since yeah. I started music. So, yeah. Okay. So, with For the Love being the debut album for you, you did that one, then you did the EP for Love Hard. What is the significant difference between? Uh, outside of cost, I would say. Uh, what is the significance okay. between doing an album and doing an EP? Um, for me, I kind of have, like, completion anxiety sometimes. And so when I'm, like, forcing myself to do an album, I just feel like there's so many, like, ups and downs in the creative process, especially when you don't have, like, you know, a whole, like, production team. So, like, it's just like a lot of ups and downs it takes really long. And then I'm like, you know, I'll pick a certain topic for like a project. By the time the album is done, I will have went through 50 different emotions and I don't want to do it anymore. So it's very much easy. It's easier for me to do because I have a short attention span. So it works much better for me in my creative process. Now, so jumping back forward to the new project you're working on. And as you're going through the process of selecting which albums are going to stay on the on the EP, which ones are not, how do you narrow that down? Because they're all your babies. You make these and you say to yourself, oh, I like that one. Ooh, that one doesn't sound so good, but it fits with what's working or um, with, with what, what I already have. How do you make the decisions of what's going to go and what's not going to go? Well, I think I'm very nitpicky as an artist. I will pick the songs apart, listen to them a million times over and over. Um, but usually if I listen to it, if I listen back to it the first time and I don't like it, I'm usually not going to start liking it is what the trend seems to be for myself. And so when I'm 
when I pick songs like for a project, like I just go off like if it gives me that feeling like like the feeling like no matter what anyone says or if anyone likes it or dislikes it, I'm gonna shove it in everybody's face. So that's what like that's what I go for for every song that I'm putting on a project. Like I don't wanna have any songs where like people play it backwards to it. I'm like, mm, I don't wanna put anything out that I'm not a hundred percent sure about. Okay. Now, being 100% sure about an al about a, a, a song also comes with a lot of critiquing and a lot of perfectionism, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you push the perfectionism away and, and, and just say that this is good enough? I don't. Okay. I don't push it away. Um, very much perfectionists have not broken that trait yet uh working on it haven't been able to yet so uh, to be determined but yeah i don't really put it away like if a song is just good enough to me i'll scrap it oh okay and either either rework it or just leave it alone until some songs i don't even revisit until three or four years later and then i'm in the right headspace to record it that's good stuff so so you so you'll put a, a song on the shelf, get that feeling back, and then work on it years later. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So do you do like a a demo version of the song first, and then and then come back and 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 touch it up? Well, my engineer, his name's Crease, by the way. He gives me usually like a rough mix, and then if I you know, want to go further with the song, then that's when, like, we'll go back and we'll do, like, the final mix and master. Okay. Okay. So, sticking, staying, staying in the mindset of being, of being a perfectionist, there's got to be other people who are listening to your music with you, right? To say that this, hey, this is perfect. This sounds good enough. Don't overthink. Not good enough, but I'm sorry. But this sounds right where it should be don't overthink it anymore otherwise we may we might like really tarnish it so who are those people who 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 are those people that you have in the corner with you that are that are plugged in that have the same mindset as you so my engineer plays a big role in that like when when we're recording like he doesn't really like say like he doesn't really say much Exactly. But like, if I ask him a question, like, we'll just basically have back and forths, like, oh, is that too much? Should I take that out? Should I sing this like this? Or should I sing it like this? So it's very much my engineer who's helping me and in my corner helping me through that process. Okay. So it's you and him one on one, just mm -hmm. y'all are making that he's he's telling you, hey, go like this. You're saying, okay, this is okay, cool. That is I think that's great that you have that one person because no, really, because a lot of people, you know, they have a lot of sound. They have a lot of ears. They have a lot of mm -hmm. people to the music and they're all saying, oh, it sounds perfect. It sounds like this or no, you should put it like this. You should put it like and go this direction, go that direction. And then what ends up happening is, you know, maybe sometimes a lot of times it's trash because there's a lot of different ears. listening. Mm -hmm. Too many hands in the pot. Yeah. Right. But you have one person who you can trust, sit down with, and they know what direction you want to go in to make it sound like the way you want to sound. Yes. Absolutely. Awesome. So how is, how's Hot Girl Summer this year for you? Um, 
Okay, that question is kind of vague because, like, I'm still trying to figure out what hot girl summer means. <laughs> um, I think we all are. I think really we all are. I am traveling and going on vacations. I guess it's a hot girl summer. Okay, okay. Uh, traveling, going on vacation. Where have you been so far? So I've done a lot of staycations, and I've been to Charlotte. I'm planning a trip to New Jersey and New York and then also Tennessee. So basically like surrounding states pretty much, except for New York. New York's kind of up there. Well, this year, where has been your favorite place to have been so far? Um, I would say Denver. And I'm a big fan of going on vacations and doing not a goddamn thing. So that was one of the vacations where it was snowed in. We were in a cabin. We didn't do anything except for drink and listen to music. I loved okay. it. It was perfect. <laughs> so you didn't you didn't do what every black person likes to do and attempt to ski. You oh you no, because I knew that wasn't for me. <laughs> I could barely walk. I'm a klutz. I'm not getting on the skis. So yeah, I got in the Fair. hot tub though. All right, you got in the hot tub. What was the temp? Do you remember what the the lowest the lowest the temperature was while you were there? It was freezing the whole time. It was super cold, super cold. <laughs> I don't remember the temperature, but it was freezing. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it was that's colder than it gets in the south. Yeah, that's that's what it was. The temperature was it was freezing cold. That's all. I got you. You know, for for every, for for black people, we know what that means. We know. <laughs> We know how low that how low that was, so it's okay. We understand. <laughs> so now that we're in the thick of 2022, where do you see things going for you right now? I know you just said you woke up last month and you want to be a model. <laughs> so we're 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 half into the modeling. We're half into the R and B. But where is 20? Where do you see? Where do you see the rest of the year for you? Um. I think the world is mine. I really do. Uh, I see a lot of growth. I see a lot of improvement. I definitely see myself being in the headspace to take on more situations, even when I feel uncomfortable musically, because I feel like that's what's held me back a lot of the time. But I don't. I don't know. Like it's the same with the modeling. One day I woke up and decided I was gonna be fearless, or at least pretend until I make it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's where I am. And then I'm going to definitely still do the modeling. Definitely going to step into my influencer bag and try to get those followers up. I'm really into beauty and fashion and stuff. So dipping into that too. And then eventually I'm going to dip into real estate investment when I have funds to invest. And yeah, traveling. Got to include time for traveling. Gotcha. So let me ask this question. A lot of people, they they get into this space where they feel like music is the most important thing when it comes to music as a whole. They forget that the business side of it means something too. It is part of music. Mm -hmm. As you're developing music, you're also developing a brand for yourself. Now, you talked about solid colors and certain imagery that you want to share on your page uh, when it comes to 
showing off who you are. But how much of your brand are you thinking about when you do, when you're putting together your um, your content? So when I'm putting together my content, I do. I'm thinking of like a way to showcase my personality, like you know, like the little voiceovers they do on the reels. That's and I feel like in my past life I was probably an actress. But I'm really good with the facial expressions. So um, I'm also thinking about the modeling side of things, like for sure, heavily. And then I'm also thinking about the music. But most of the time, I feel like I'm thinking of modeling and personality. I don't know why, but that's just, I feel like modeling and music kind of intertwine anyway. I think so. As a woman, especially, so. For sure, I think so. I think as you're making your music, people always will also want to see your beauty and what mm -hmm. you bring um, on the physical side of your music. Because, I mean, I think I, I, I would say when we're listening to R&B, we're also imagining, we're also envisioning whoever is singing. If they have a very melodic voice and a very soft-spoken voice, we are... If we haven't seen the person, we're picturing what they sound, what they look like. Mm -hmm. We want to know what kind of person we're 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 listening to, and so I I I, I probably would say that that your image um, should play a part in in your sound as well. Now, mm -hmm. you being you being on social media, TikTok has become a big thing for a lot of people. Right, mm -hmm. especially especially for artists as they're as they're making the as they're growing their fan base. Yeah, how much has it played a part in your in in the in the business side of your music at this point? So I have actually not worked my way on a TikTok yet, but around my right. next single, that I have a TikTok campaign plan. So that'll be the first time I'm using it. I heard TikTok is easier to navigate than Instagram, but I don't know. I'm so used to Instagram. That's probably like my main <laughs> one, but we're, we're going to tackle TikTok this year. We're going into TikTok. Yeah, and TikTok, people actually see your stuff. Yeah. With Instagram, I've seen somebody today with 11,000 followers with 50 likes on a post. <laughs> True. Crazy. So going into TikTok, kind of, are you are you feeling the same level of fearlessness that you that you have working on the new on the new project? Are you a little bit kind of skeptical about it? What's the expectation going into TikTok? I would say I'm pretty open minded. Um, at first, I didn't want to do it because I don't know. Like I go through phases where I just don't want to be on camera. I think it's the antisocial in me, like where you just don't want to interact like at all with the world. And I just want to snuggle in bed and watch zombie movies or like scary movies about the world ending. Um, I don't know. But yeah, with this time around TikTok, I'm pretty open-minded and I think TikTok could potentially bring about a lot of opportunities for me that Instagram will be slower to bring about. Yeah. So staying in the trend of social media, music, I would say music has changed a lot over the course of time due to the fact of social media. How do you feel about 
the 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 change of R&B because at some point in time R&B was big on love making. We've had we had Usher singing about it. One time we had Chris Brown singing about it. We had so many artists singing about love making. That was R&B. Now R&B has changed into a different form. Um but with it changing there has like I said there's been a huge social media presence that has to be taken into consideration when it comes to making music the sound has changed the the mm -hmm. the how long the songs are has changed how do you feel about it i actually like where r&b is going i think a lot of people are experimenting with the r&b sound itself and i think you know evolution for the most part is always a good thing. Music is going to change over time regardless. Mm -hmm. And I like that, you know, R&B artists aren't just talking about, you know, love now and they're bringing in like different perspectives. I think, I think it's great to see, honestly. Right. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're choosing your sound, when you're, when you and your engineer are sitting down, picking out, the beats, picking out the melodies for you. What are you looking for? What are your what are your go to sounds? Are you more of a piano sound? Are you someone who likes a lot of heavy bass? What are you listening for when you're when you're when you're putting this the the melody to to your lyrics? So actually, well, when I pick beats and stuff, like my engineer isn't usually around. He kind of when I when I get to him, I pretty much have like the melodies already picked out and the beats picked out like i don't last time i ever wrote something from scratch in the studio was probably like 2018 i want to say mm -hmm. but um yeah i don't do that anymore i like to go prepared i think it's the perfectionist in me i like everything prepared to a t and so as far as melodies go i really just like i don't even know how to explain like where they come from they kind of just flow out like and sometimes when I'm recording like I'll hear stuff you know because it's always different when you could record on the track and actually hear it back like I was like oh I think I could hear this there so I mean it's pretty much just like it's just like that like it's not like a specific way that I go about creating the melodies I kind of just go wherever the beat takes me I don't really try to like force stuff so you pick the beat before you before you actually start writing the lyrics. Mm hmm Okay. So we often ask this question because it there is a toss-up between the two. Like some artists are writing the lyrics before they pick the beat. Some artists are writing are are already finding the beat before they start writing the lyrics. Mm -hmm. It's 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 nice to know that you you hear the beat first and then yeah. you gather the idea afterwards. Cool. So you've worked with some artists already. You've, you've, you've done some features, you've done some remixes. Who are some of the people, who are some of your favorite people that you've worked with so far? Um, so one of my favorites that I've worked with is this rapper named um, Rap Game Will. I think our sounds really mesh well together. And then I also work with this artist from back home her name's Tia she's a rapper and I just like her 
her flow and the way that I approach music is it just matches. And so I think those have been some of my favorite people so like to work with so far. Are there any are there any wish list people? There any people that like, man, if I get the chance to work with them, it is on and popping. Like on a songwriting tip or like like in which way? Like like them actually being on the song. Um, either way, whatever direction you want to take it. Well, I love Missy Elliott. I'm a huge fan of Missy Elliott. I just feel like everything she touched turns to gold. <laughs> um sure. I also really love Brent Fiaz. I'm obsessed with Brent. I listen to him at least well, I listen to him every day. Um, Victoria Monet is definitely another favorite of mine. And I really love Brandy. And so I would say, yeah, those are my wish list people. Oh, and Pharrell. I love Pharrell. Pharrell has been in the scene lately. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, Pharrell has been out and about lately. And <laughs> Victoria Monet has been is blowing up. Victoria Monet is awesome. She is definitely someone dope to listen to right now. Uh, who were coming up, growing, and and getting into the R and B spirit? Who were some of the Who were some of the artists that you were listening to as you were finding yourself? I was so I was listening to Amory, Brandy, Amelaro, and Minnie Riperton. Um, a lot of people, but I think those were the main. And then also, I was really obsessed with Tina Marie when I was younger, so. Really? Yeah, super obsessed. My mom is the one who introduced me to Tina Marie, and so we have our songs that we sing at the top of our lungs together. So. You, don't hear, you don't hear Tina Marie and you don't hear A. Marie quite often. And <laughs> that's pretty cool to know that both of them are two artists that you listen to, really, because both of them had so short-lived careers you know amory came out with two albums didn't didn't go any further um tina marie with the backing of rick james you know she had she had somewhat of a longevity i mean of a career and then you know it ended up stopping out of nowhere and so you have those two artists who they make phenomenal music but you just don't hear a lot of people give them their credit what did mm -hmm. them mean to you as you were coming in I mean, I just love the way that they all did their melodies. Like, harmonies, I love harmonies. Like, I can't even listen to music without harmonies. Like, that is, that's my thing. Like, when I'm listening to an R&B song, I'm listening for the harmonies. I'm listening to the way that they sing certain words. And just like stuff like that and I just feel like those the women that I named like really definitely had that down packed and when I was younger I didn't I wasn't necessarily a big listener to what was on the radio I always liked you know finding other stuff to listen to that I personally liked speaking of radio there are times where artists they want to make that single that's going to blow up on the radio and a lot of times they, they try to stay away from the radio. Is radio something that you would want to pursue at some point in time, getting on the radio, I would say at least? 
or do you want to continue to have that sound that doesn't sound that doesn't want to be on the radio honestly being on the radio would not be make or break for me like I mean it's nice but I wouldn't say that's like a top goal of mine like I don't I don't necessarily wake up like, ooh, I want to get on the radio every day. Like, I just think the internet is such a powerful tool. Like, yeah. So I'm, I think more of my efforts are focused on the internet right now. But I mean, maybe, maybe later I'll be at a point where I want to be on the radio. But as of now, I don't know. I feel indifferent. I mean, yeah, I mean, playlisting's the new radio now, anyways, yeah. with the internet, the way that it is. I mean, hey, there's a lot of artists, there's a lot of big artists that are blowing up that have never been on the radio, that don't have a top mm. 40, top 50 song, but you know their name because of their internet presence. So mm. that's awesome that you're, that you're indifferent. If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, then you're still going to be, you're still going to be phenomenal one way or another. Uh, now, like my co-host said, Playlists are now the thing, though. We are a lot of artists are looking to be on playlists. Is that um, important to you? Getting on somebody's playlist or finding the right person who has the dope playlist to to try to get on? Yes, specifically on Apple Music, um, I would say more so than Spotify. But I think what's the most important to me, well, what's most important is gaining the fans. I think sometimes playlists have a lot of passive listeners, and What's most important to me is converting listeners to fans. Now, how do how would you say you go about doing that? Converting listeners to fans. Is there a formula? What do you what are you trying to do when you're getting listeners to turn into fans? Well, if I know like if, if they follow me or whatever and like or they repost my music, I'll make sure to like build a connection. I always respond to people's comments under my posts unless I forget. <laughs> but for the most part, I always respond um, so really through like DMs on Instagram. Just making sure to like, of course, I won't always be able to do that, you know, as my career does move along. But as of right now, like, so basically, like, interacting with people. Okay. So, yeah, and I think being organic will help with that too, mm -hmm. as long as you're just yourself. Yeah, people can see through the nonsense. So yeah, they're just being yourself. People like your music. They like you. Boom, fan. But no, I agree. I think with playlists, and there's a lot of passive listeners too. Yeah, like someone can have 25 million streams, but can't sell five T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you've given us your top four for your inspiration or the people that are the female artists that you were listening to when you were coming, when you were growing up, who are your, who are your people that you're listening to right now outside of Victoria Monet in R&B world and, and Brent Fyatt's? This singer, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, but her name's Mahalia. I think that's how you say it. It's either Mahalia or Mahalia. I don't really know, but I've listened to her for quite some time now. And I probably listen to her faithfully like every day. She has this song called Whatever Simon Says that's really talking about, you know, not really living up to the expectations that a woman is supposed to live up to. And I, I love rebellious shit like that. I love it. I was, I've been listening to the song like every day because it just puts me in the right 
mindset because I've never really been that type either. I was a super tomboy growing up. And then, you know, just like modeling, one day I woke up and I was like, I want to do makeup. <laughs> and I want to... <laughs> I want to get my hair done all the time. I go in phases. Will I be this at 30? I don't know. I just, I'm just going along with the flow. But, um, so yeah. And then who else do I listen to right now? Hmm. I used to like a lot of like artists that I personally know. Like there's this singer named Chase. His name's Chase Shakur that I know. I think he's so dope. I love his music. So I listen to like a lot of the music, R&B music that my friends make. Shout them out. Let them let people know who those people are. You got it. it look, we are for us at least. <laughs> Ad and I, you know, we we love listening to the independent artists. We love listening mm -hmm. to the the artists who no one has who hasn't blown up just yet. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they have there's a sense of creativity and a sense of passion that they have compared to some of the ones that have been further progressed, you know, with mm -hmm. the, with the music business getting in the way of things, it taints a lot of their sound. Um, yeah. With the way that social media plays a part in things, it taints the way that their music sounds, but mm -hmm. the independent artists that are coming up, they still have that purity, that rawness, that yeah, that that uninfluenced that that uninfluenced sound that is just their own. So, mm -hmm. who are those artists that no one has heard of yet that they need to be checking out? Um, so not necessarily like R and B, but my older brother actually makes music, and I. Well, like to say, my brother makes slap a bitch music. That's how I would term it. And like, I just feel like every time I listen, I'm like, I just, I don't know. I just feel a certain spirit, and I'm just like, I, I just, I love it. So that's definitely an artist I think people should listen to. What's his Another, name? His name's Boss Life Big Spence. Okay. okay. And another, well, Chase, singer, songwriter, really dope really soft, like, melodic vocals. He does, he's big on the harmonies and the layers. So I love that. Um, who else do I listen to? I listen to this rapper. He's actually in here. His name's um, MGN Black in here, but he's a rapper and his stuff is really lyrical and I love lyrical music. So, well, lyrical rap, I love lyrical rap. Well, lyrical singing too. Because singing could be lyrical too. <laughs> but, um, and then also there's this guy from back home. His name is Laren Wong. And I, he brings a certain element of funk to R&B that I just really love. You know, Oakland people love funk. So, um, yeah, those are just like, just a few, to name a few. Sure, for sure. So you mentioned layering within that and in your songs you have a lot of layering and i know yeah. you mentioned i know you mentioned that um without melodies you don't like listening to music uh you don't like listening to certain songs when you're going into the studio making the tracks how much of layering do you actually think about as you're laying your vocals down 
Because some people, they don't dislike layering as the least thing that they care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll put some layers on my, I'll put some ad-libs on there later. I'll, I'll layer my track. If it does, if I forget about it, it doesn't matter. But for some people, it is very important. When you are going into the studio doing it, what is the thought process behind layering? Well, it's extremely <laughs> important to me. Actually, a lot of like people who I do reach out, well, not who reach out to me on social media about like how much they like my music. I always talk about, oh my God, the background vocals and the harmonies really catch me. And so like, that's really important for me. And I feel like a lot of singers, I don't, harmonies and layers is kind of like, it's not really practice as much anymore. But when I go into the studio, I'm doing at least 40 layers. At least 40. 40. Like each harmony that I do on the hook alone so like I'll do one note, I'll stack that four times, and then I'll do I'll stack each note four times, and I usually have about five different notes in the layer. So it takes me three hours to record a song because I'm so big on layers, and then I layer the ad libs, and then, you know, I'm belting out notes. Like I just I love creating, like especially in the studio. Like I. I love taking my time on stuff. Like, I love the layers. I'm obsessed. Listen, I, I, I love hearing you say that with, with, a, with a genuine passion. And the reason why is because I just heard a tick. I just saw a TikTok um, by, for Michael Jackson maybe earlier, sometime earlier in the week. And they, were, they had decomposed Thriller. Mm -hmm. showed each vocal each time he did just the hook each mm -hmm. time he did mm -hmm. the bridge each time he did uh, a, a verse and he did like eight or nine eight or nine tracks of the same vocal each time before he actually bef and then harmonized them all together and it's awesome to hear that you spend that much time <laughs> making your music no honestly because look right now we have a we, we live in a world where i'm gonna put my song out it's gonna i'm gonna do it in about 30 minutes it's gonna be a five minute track but i'm gonna do it in 30 minutes and then the world's gonna just take it and love it mm -hmm. and you are saying that i am going to give you everything the best parts of me and everything that i can to make sure that you thoroughly love my song as much as i do and for you to mm -hmm. spend three hours, you got 40 tracks for one verse or whatever it may be. That is, that's beautiful. It, it, for us, you know, it lets us, for, for Kat and I, it lets us know that you are all in. You, you know, <laughs> honestly, it lets us know that you, when you're making this track, it is, hey, you're thinking of people like us. And that's, you know, the reason why we reach out <laughs> to you, the reason why we want to sit down with you is because we hear that. And so thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, for... I just seen a, a video about layering today and it was only four. It was only oh. four layers. See? Okay. <laughs> so you got 40, somebody else got four. It probably four. took them, it probably took them an hour or less to do four. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's awesome. Yeah. Now, within that three hours, I also know that there comes a lot of frustration with that. There comes the sides where, oh, it's not coming out the way I want it to come out. 
mm. not working the way I want it to work. How do you push through that and continue to work on the song? My engineer plays a big part in that because some, or, okay, so I have two reactions. One, I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this song today. Let's move on to the next one. Or I'll just keep trying. Like sometimes I'll do like 10 retakes until I feel satisfied of like, so I'll do it like line by line, just sing it 10, 10 times. And like to some people it may sound the same, but you know, I do have a trained ear cause I have been in vocal lessons since I was like 10. So there's certain stuff I can hear like, oh wait, no, that was out of tune a little bit. Like I'll just keep, I'll just really, re I don't really like to rely on auto tune. Um, I think my parents have spent way too much on the vocal lessons for me to even disrespect them like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I will sit there until I get it right most of the time. And like after 10 times, if it's still not right and I'm still getting like frustrated, my engineer kind of is like, all right, well, it's okay. He's like, you'll, like, you'll get it. Just calm down. Just calm down. Because obviously like, fuck, <laughs> shit. But yeah, it's also like, figuring it out and putting the pieces of the puzzle together are, is fun for me. Huh. Look, I, there's parts of me that want to continue this conversation, that want to run this interview beyond the hour that we usually make up. But at the same time, we, I'll, we also want to be respectful to you um, and and not keep you longer because Kat and I we can stand here all day. This is our show. We do whatever we want. <laughs> but you know, for anybody who wants to tune in and stay on, we're willing to keep going as long as we want to. But out of respect for you, we will we will not go ahead and, and prolong it. Now maybe on another day if you're willing to sit in with us, you know Yeah, we let's might, do part two. We might keep you hostage and go and <laughs> go two hours long. But um I will go ahead and, and, and reiterate what I said before, which is thank you once again for, for sitting down with us and thank you for being a part of this show with us. Uh, it really means a lot to us. And it is awesome to for you to share your, your mind with us and share your mind with your fans as well when it comes to your music and your sound and how beautifully it is made. Uh, now, I will ask this question for your fans because I know some of them want to know, some of the male fans, that some of the males, maybe some of the females want to know as well, your relationship status. Now, you got, the, you got the new project coming out that is, you know, angry, vengeful, but are you single? Are you cuffed up? You know, I know it's hot girl summer right now, but <laughs> are you on the market or off the market? I'm off the market. I'm in between single and cuffed, but like I'm like I'm off the market for the most part. Um yeah. I kind of just met him in like January. So yeah, this project isn't about him not fucking his bros or anything. <laughs> the project the new project is not about him, but just pulling from past experiences. Got you. So whoever you are, know that the album is not about you. It is what happened before you. The situation shit that is taking place. Keep doing what you're doing. Make sure that you hold on to her. So, awesome <laughs> stuff. Lastly, for all the new listeners, 
for all of the fans who are getting to hear this for the first time and get some, getting to listen to your heart and your mind for the first time. Let everyone know where they can find you. Let everyone know where they can get your music. So I am on all streaming platforms. I'm also on, um, you know, SoundCloud. And my name on everything is Simone Talese. And then well, including Instagram and then Twitter also is the same thing. And yeah, you can find me everywhere. YouTube under Simone Talese. So cool. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Well, once again, we definitely appreciate you. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh-oh, your music started. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Your music started playing. <laughs> oh, <my>. I heard <laughs> it. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, Kat, do you have anything you want to wrap up with? Uh, um, no, thanks for uh, being here with us. Thanks for giving us our time, answering our questions. Of course, right. you guys have really good questions. I saw someone say that in the comments, but you're um you guys ask really, really good questions. Listen, we don't spend three hours coming up with our questions, but we do take a lot of time making sure that we uh get some good questions. you know we do this is what we do we and we appreciate uh the people who come about and sit down with us so in order for us to make the most of it it is it is in our best interest to come up with some really good questions and i'd say part of making good questions it comes with actually listening to the artist and we yeah. do try to try to make sure we listen to you but for all of our fans for all of those who watched and listened we appreciate y'all thank y'all for tuning in with us thank you for being a part of the show with us you all know why we're here it's for one reason and one reason only it's because we love you and with that being said i am your host hitch montana with my co-host you already know what it is, man. Spotify podcast, Apple podcast. Somebody sent us a message saying, hey, where can we listen to you? Like, you must not listen to the end of the show. Spotify podcast, Apple podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You don't see us there? Anchor.fm slash that mo show. We got TikTok at that mo show. We got Twitter. Don't really worry about the Twitter, but we got one at that mo show <laughs> one. Uh, but you know, it's your boy, the podcast, Marv Albert. Two guys doing the show from their mom's basement is Cadme. Peace. Peace out, world. Thank you for having me.